Alhamdulillah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa salam taslima kathira So I'm going to break protocol a little bit today uh, With the sacred uh, text messages And because I, this is the first time I've done this With having a guest, uh, some guests on the program But it's a special day uh, I have some brothers that have flown up from Los Angeles The city of angels And uh and inshallah, may Allah make them among the angels. Amen. The, I have uh, Anthony Samadani, who I met uh, some time ago. We met um, in a few different places, but one of them was at the ex- funeral of the great and wondrous and extraordinary Muhammad Ali. Uh, and we were uh, blessed to be there for that event. One of the great honors of my life was being there. And, uh, and then uh, he came with his brother, Michael, and... Uh, brother Jesse, uh, who has uh, we have some history also, and but uh, what really got this going was um, that I contacted uh, Anthony about uh, doing some work with some uh, people, and he uh, introduced me to Mr. Tobias Tubbs, and I saw uh, a clip from an event that uh, Tobias was on in the Kelly Clarkson uh, Clarkson program. And I was uh, just deeply moved by uh, the power that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. So I'm blessed today to have him in the house. We've got Harun, my brother Harun, uh, also here, who's facilitated this. This was a spur-of-the-moment idea. So we're here. We're having some coffee and dates and welcome, Tobias, to this uh, podcast, and uh, Anthony also. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for having us here. It's an honor of ours being here, presence. Alhamdulillah. So maybe you can, you, you two maybe share a little bit of how, you know, God's brought you two together, and then how, what's, what's evolving out of this. Well, I'm a... I'm a, I'm gonna let the the people who are listening since I'm a huge listener of of your podcast enjoy Tobias' story. Um so I'm a I'll try to do the best alley oop I can to mm-hmm. so you can slam it down. But we one um fateful day after Fajr at the mosque I was told that there was a, a Janazah prayer for a civil rights leader that, that uh Pass away, and I didn't know the brother, but uh, I felt to energetically move to go to the janazah that day. So I went, and I didn't know anybody at the at the janazah. Um, so I was just being in silence and and doing giving prayers to to the grave. Um, and then I heard I heard a voice say "Assalamu alaikum." So I said "Wa alaikum salam," and I turn around, and it's Tobias, but he kind of jumped with some startlation. He was startled that his he was talking to the grave. He wasn't talking to me. And so uh, he 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 just felt this uh, powerful connection, and I just gave him a big hug and asked him where where he's from, and I'm a, I'm gonna let him tell his story. But it was from that moment on, I went home and I told my wife, I told my brothers, I told my dad. I said I know why I went to this janaza, and it was to meet Tobias. There's something spiritually connecting me to him, and it took us three years. It's going on three years to finally figure out what it is that we're supposed to be doing together. Um, and now we're finally here. And subhanAllah, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, uh, you're part of that storyline. 
Uh, we're here because you fit that, the, 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 the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps showing us about what, what it is our mission is to do. But uh, I'm going to let Tobias hmm. uh, speak. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, uh, my father uh, asked me to go to a, a janazah. And uh, at that time, I was out from prison uh, doing a life without sentence, two life without sentences. Went in as a Muslim youth in 1991. Uh, this was 2018. And um, I was kind of shy with crowds. I didn't want to be around a lot of crowds. Although I knew the importance of Islamic funeral and the right of Islamic funeral. But I'm still seeking to adjust. So my father calls me and uh, he asks me to be there in his honor. And uh, so that's what humbled me, being the uh, the heir son, the eldest son, uh, to be there for one of my father's uh, comrades or brothers who is deceased. And so when I went there, uh, there were men who I haven't seen since I was a little child. And so it was like a small celebration that was uh, taking place. And as uh, these men, like my uncles, were hugging me and, oh, my God, you made it out, Allahu Akbar. And I looked over at the family and I looked over at the carpet of the grave and I seen the body and I was embarrassed that uh, that we were celebrating my arrival and I felt that we should have been honoring Allahu Alam, uh, the brothers' uh, travel. So I started to say, Salaamu Alaikum to each of the graves, walking to each of the graves and... Uh, because I felt when we were in those prison environments that we we're in graves, tombs, and that we're dead and often forgotten to society. So I just uh, prayed uh, a prayer on each grave, regardless to religion, regardless to ethnicity, uh, saying that we're all going to be there one day. And, uh, and I pray for Allah to expand the grave, grant mercy, shine light within these graves. And at the last one, uh, it was a Muslim, so I said, Salaamu Alaikum, I heard Wa Alaikum Asalaam. And then uh, I seen uh, my brother Anthony Samadani face with like a broad smile and a, and, and, and a hug because uh, anybody knows my story, I'm a hugger. And so he hugged me so tightly with a look upon his face and that what really uh, took me upon my journey, not just a journey of a young Muslim boy who did 30 years in some of California's worst prisons and did my best to honor Allah at the island. He's Rasulullah and my parents, but to iron of the great human capacity. And that's that we're more than our worst moments. That uh, we can we can grow, we can develop, and we can affect people's lives in a very impactful way. So Tony entering my life uh, at that time, which he didn't know, I never had a positive experience with someone outside of my ethnicity or race before I left. So it wasn't just that this was a Muslim brother. This was a Muslim brother who was inviting me as an adult. I left as an adolescent, young Muslim. And so I came back as an adult. And this was a Muslim brother just purely seeing me on the merit of saluting the graves together. And, you know, we've become very close friends. And now we're taking, I guess, our Islam, our experiences and the wealth of his life and the wealth of my life and where I come from and seeking to do something uh, professionally uh, with that. So uh, that's what kind of brought us to this point.
to see you today. Alhamdulillah. You know, one of the things that really struck me when I listened to the interview with uh, the brother who uh, had, was really an extraordinary um, sports announcer in the prison. Aaron. But Aaron, yeah. Um, what really struck me, though, was that you had been, you know, a really uh, incredible basketball player. So you, mm. you kind of used that in the prison yes. to be uh, somebody that could help mentor a lot of these young people that mm. you know. You know, a lot of these people are actually, they're, they're good people, they're decent people that, you know, just were allowed to, they allowed themselves to be led astray yes. by growing up in environments that just weren't conducive, weren't helpful in, in, in keeping people on a kind of straight path. But you, what really struck me is that, you know, you, you made this statement that we can, we can't determine our circumstances. So you, mm. you were somebody who did not do the crime that you were being punished for. And despite that fact, uh, you were able to, to say, you know, okay, these are the circumstances that God's, this is the hand that God has dealt me. Um, and whatever means uh, were used to do that, I think you were, you were able to see the light mm -hmm. in that darkness, which is pretty amazing. And then able to help other people see that same light in, in the circumstances. And it reminded me, there's a, there's a, a very famous uh, uh, early, um, philosopher, his name's Boethius, and he he wrote a book called The Constellation of Philosophy. But he was he was a very highly regarded um, consul, Roman consul, and everything. But then he got condemned to death, and he was in prison. And he wrote this book in prison. But one of the things that he said is he realized that prison is only what you create. So he decided to be a free man in that space, and I think it seemed to me like that's. That's the power of what you're drawing. And I, when I used to do prison work, I used to tell them, you know, the only difference between you and me is my cell's much bigger. Because the Prophet said, he said, the dunya is the prison of the believer. And so it's just a matter of, of, of uh, cell size. Uh, you, you, you really have it uh, when you say it. Uh, that and I, I figured it out if you're looking at you know I've never been to prison before never been arrested before never even knew a person in prison so that was just like a brand new reality I was actually very sheltered coming from um, a Muslim family and my fa my father did his best to uh, keep me working so when I entered prison I noticed that I couldn't control what I was eating uh, often I couldn't control where I was doing salat because a lot of you know just things were not clean uh, but one thing I figured out, the only thing I could control is how I feel. So regardless of circumstances and situations, that I have the right to feel good and happy. You know, so uh, I actually willed it that, and you know, our family name is Shakir. So to be grateful uh, that I figured that out. I don't have to be mad. I don't have to be upset. I don't have to be complaining. And then that required my disposition to be better. Because I felt good, so I started smiling. So smiling became revolutionary. And then the officer wants to know, what are you smiling about? Ain't nothing yeah, funny. Exactly. Oh, it's no, no, something funny. is funny. I figured it out. That incarceration, we say this, there's more people in prison than there are incarcerated. Right. And we're incarcerated 
in that 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 just that that meanness and that 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 the other and yeah. and and you know you're the the scum of society you're a predator whatever the case might be so uh, yes but basketball uh, I noticed that me uh, trying to give dawa uh, a lot of guys felt because they they didn't have fathers and they didn't have uncles and there was in conflict with their pastors whatever the case might be. So they had a bad relationship with God. They felt that God, Allah uh, Ta'ala, has deserted them like their fathers or their grandfather, whatever the case might be. So I noticed that basketball was a means, I was quite talented in that to not only the not only incarcerated men, but the officers start to give me, uh, I guess you could say favor, uh, because they like to see me play and, you know, I was, I guess, entertaining. So we leveraged those relationships with uh, being, uh, I guess, the, the star of the compound, the prison compound, with the officers uh, now seeing that I had control or sway or impact on the minds of the men inside there. So that's where we took that and uh, we opened up the gym and started gym programs. And then the administration, I was in Calipatra, California, uh, which is in Death Valley, a very uh, hot uh, place, miserable place. And then the officers started to trust me, and they seen how uh, we were changing men's lives. Just through basic, this wasn't even, it was Islamic tenants, without saying it was Islamic tenants. This was just on some grown man business kind of stuff, but right. it was purely Islam. And then they finally gave us the chapel and the education. And so that's what uh, became uh, what people know now is the work. Uh, I came out through a commutation, and the governor kind of spoke to that word, or governor. Uh, Jerry Brown spoke to the thousands of men whose life were affected. But, yeah, it, it comes through connecting with people where they're at. And uh, sports is an advantage we have in this country. And often it brings us together in those spaces, and then we can apply the Islamic tenets and everything from there. So that was my approach, not only with African-American men, but all men, because we all found ourselves in that space. Everybody wanted to be loved. Everybody wanted to feel good. Everybody wanted hope. And so uh, that was what I was able to do at a very young person and became respected in the system uh, behind that approach. Yeah, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You know, I was thinking about, uh, when, when you were talking about that, about the, you know, I, I gave a, a khutbah once in um, Vacaville, and I talked about, uh, you know, that we have these this triune brain. So we have like a reptilian brain, mm. then we have a midbrain, and then we have this neocortex, and and the reptilian brain. You know, I was I was explaining how a lot of people are living in that reptilian brain. You know, in fact, it's very interesting. I was thinking about the hadith of the Prophet that towards the latter days he said, "You will follow the other people's, even if they went down a lizard's hole. Mm -hmm. You would go down a lizard's hole." And I thought, why did he say lizard's hole? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you know, I spent a lot of time watching lizards when I was a kid. Um, they're fascinating creatures, but they're always in a state of terror. Like lizards are always just, they're just uptight little creatures and they're always looking around and, and just, you know, and there's a whole way of being when you live in that, you know, that are that reptilian brain yeah. and you, you haven't even, they haven't had emotional, real emotional awakenings because all they know is the kind of anger you know, and like you, you described that clenched fist of the brother, 
you know, mm. as you saw him with those clenched fists. Yes. And there's so many people, and increasingly we're seeing that in our culture. And I think it's like you, you discovered something that I think a lot more people need to discover and, 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 and get access to. Well, I, I appreciate that, especially coming um, from you. As you said, you was in Vacaville, and uh, one of my co-defendants, uh, Dwayne Smith, his name is Salami Ibn Madiam, uh, he introduced me to you in Calipatra. He risked his life because, you know, he had open-heart surgery. And when you came and prayed on him, prayed over him about 30 years ago, I guess, because when he first came in the system. And uh, he risked his life coming to Calipatra because he didn't supposed to be in that kind of heat. Mm. But we haven't seen each other in two decades. Oh, I you know, know, I was a very young person when yeah. we was arrested. Right. Now, at that time, I probably was in my 40s. He was close to 50s. And uh, we moved in together, and uh, I wasn't taught through conventional means. I was really taught through spiritual means. But he had you and a couple other notable uh, shoot. And so for one year, I sat at his feet at lockdown every tahajit, and he took me through the lessons that you gave him. And it really made me feel whole and good that we came to the same Islamic conclusions, Mm. that regardless of where we're at, and you are— a man then and now who have traveled the world and you have sit with numerous kinds of people. But he's told me how you and him was sitting under some kind of olive tree or something in the middle of a prison. I'm like, an olive tree? Where y'all find an olive tree at? Whatever kind of tree. And y'all used to read uh, Surah Al-Rahman and Surah uh, you know, Waqiyah and Surah Yasin and the Tasbi. You know, I was considered one of the great Tasbi guys until I met him. Because his, uh, his tajweed was so slow. Subhanallah. I'm talking about it be like four-hour tajweed prayer. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, right? So it was really, so when you asked me on WhatsApp, brother, how do I know you? You felt there was some kind of connection. Yeah, yeah. And it was a connection that through you, salam. through yeah. our brother Salam. May Allah give him a healing, oh, inshallah. inshallah. I hope we get an opportunity to go visit him. Inshallah. Yeah. So, uh, Tony. What are we doing with this, brother? What do we seek and do professionally? No, I think I think what what, what <clears throat> you have, and I think what is drawing Shakam to Yusuf is that, to your point, you are able to unite the different whether it's whites, blacks, Crips, mm. different gang, Mexican, in a system which is not that's unheard of mm. under the commonality of the basics that all humans love, which is love, happiness. You know, together in this hope, all that stuff. These are transferable skills. Amen. So really, for 30 years, he's been cultivating this. Right. So we need to figure out how... That's what... When I met him, I said, okay, we need to figure out how do we transfer those skills? Right. Because, to your point, we're all in this prison. Right? We're all on death row. We're all on death row. <laughs> and, and hoping for a governor's exactly. reprieve. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and hoping for the pre- reprieve, yeah. right? So, you know, off with good behavior. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Inshallah, right? In our pardon, do we have a, you know any more appeals? You know, yeah, these things exactly. Are, you know, well, Toba. Toba, that's our exactly. appeals. Yeah. And pretty soon, the day will come where there is no more appeals. Allah Akbar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, you know, and I, being a lawyer and being someone who, although I did entertainment law, I did do a couple criminal stuff. Uh, you know, and, uh, actually, the year I met him, I worked on two cases pro bono. Help this one lady get off of. Uh, a, uh, she was she was charged uh, with uh, attempted murder on cops, which we proved that she didn't do, um, and she got off. And then uh, an African American guy who was charged with murder, uh, which he did do, but we were able to prove uh, without even a trial 
that he was doing in self-defense. And mm-hmm. I just did this pro bono because a buddy I went to law school with was handling these cases, and I, I wanted to get my hands dirty. I wanted to help. Right. And I, was, oh, I had the luxury of only taking cases that when he told me, I said, I believe they're innocent. Right? I didn't have to have to you know, take on a client that I just had to represent. So I enjoy, and, I, and when I met Tobias, I had, I had already had the rights to an, another amazing true story of a guy who spent 23 years on death row for uh, a murder he didn't do. And he was the first man to uh, be exonerated off of DNA evidence. And he, incredible story, read over 10,000 books. And, and he read over 10,000 books simply just so that he could speak eloquently when he was being killed so his mom would be proud of him. Right? That was his. So when I met Tobias, I was in that state of mind mm. about these transferable skills. Yeah. And so how do we, and then, and then I, I myself, I had a um, Muhammad Ali, as we, as we said, we met the, at, at his uh, funeral, God rest his soul, bless him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to meet him and he, him and his oldest child, Miriam, was, were, she still is an inspiration to me. Like, you know, she, she's unbelievable in that family. But it was these encounters with Muhammad Ali, seeing how without even saying a word, we'd be, we could be at a restaurant without saying a word. Just by seeing him, it didn't matter how old you were, what color of skin you were, people were just standing up crying just by what he represented right. without saying a word. Amazing. I said, and I got to witness this firsthand yeah. many times, one on one. And so I said, well, and you know, one day he, you know, he had told me at dinner, you're going to carry on my legacy once. I said, well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? um, but he had transferable skills. You know, you, you saw the funeral. He had all these different religion represented, right? He understood the universality of yeah. one God and truth. And yeah. that, was my, that was my teacher, too. So to see then Tobias has this universal transferable skills, I realized, wow, we're all walking dead, so to speak, you know? Right. And, and how do we wait, awaken this without getting overly complex? Like, mm. I'm not an overly complex person. I have sure. to go back to the basics. Yeah. I wish I had half the memory or a, a, one-eighth of the memory. That you have in law school, I had to have mnemonics to kind of help me sure. train my brain. So I wanted to go back to the basics. So when I was meeting him, uh, right before I met him, I had a TV show on air that I was really proud of. Um, that uh, and uh, my second son was just born. Um, I actually had two shows on air. One was Emmy, uh, two one was Emmy nominated, and uh, that I produced. And then I got sick with Crohn's disease, and I really sick. I mean, my brother's here. I mean, just and I went to a medical doctor they said listen either we're gonna have to have surgery you have to take this medicine that might kill you um and i was just trying to figure out there had to be an alternative because i was like what, what caused it they don't well, we don't know what causes it but just take this medicine so i, I met with a few naturopathic doctors and one of them said it's 50 percent what you put in your mind and 50 percent what you put in your in your mouth right we can work on the what you put in your mouth what you're allergic to some of the naturopathic medicines but your mind and he did all he's like you're in fight or flight constant mode mm. i said how's that possible I have two shows on air. My second son was born. I pray five times a day. You know, I'm Muslim. Like, how could I have this body, my subconscious mind? How is it so crazy and out of whack? So we started just retracing. I was driving an hour, worked every day, which apparently subconsciously was killing me, um, causing inflammation. But then I started really looking at what is my purpose? What am I doing? Why am I here? And then I just looked at my wife and I said, uh, you know, thank God she was making good money at the time. I said, I have to quit. I have to take some time and just, I'm dying. So I have to quit and stop. So she said, no problem, of course. So I called up my producing partner and said, it's not you, it's me. And, and you know, took a break. Mm. In that break, I really went to God on my knees begging. I couldn't stand, I, was, I, couldn't, I couldn't eat certain things. 
And so it was that moment where um, I just started healing more by focusing on being positive. And I, it was at the height of Hillary and Trump was crowding Facebook. It's either you're Hillary or you're Trump. Um, and I said to Meme Ali, I said, there's a new thing called Facebook Live at the time. I said, why don't we go on there and talk about good news for once? She said, oh, that's a good idea. I said, pick a day, any day. She said, why don't we do the first Ramadan of this, uh, the first Friday in the Ramadan that was coming up? I said, great. So she's picked a Ramadan day. That night I dreamt of this phrase that I told you when I first met you, at, at the, at, which we have a present for you. Um, within good, there is God. Mm. And I, said, I, I Googled it. I said, within good, there's no, no one had ever written those words no. before, right? Nice. And so I did a trademark thing. No, we got a new one for him. No, I'm going to give you mine. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, so we got one for you then, brother. Nice. Um, anyway, so we, 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 you told me when at, 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 the, at, the funeral, at the funeral, you said, that's not from you. You know, you have to do something. I said, so I went back and I said, okay, Sapala. So we designed that bracelet, which on the outside says within good. And on the inside, there is God to remind you. On the outside, we're all trying to just be good. And on yeah. the inside, that's personal. Nice. Is God. Yeah. So what we, 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 we just, then, so that, ha- I, I trademarked it on a Friday. That's when Ali passed away and it went live. I said, that's a poem. Then at the day of the funeral, if you remember, May May went, she did a poem in front of her death. Yeah. There, millions of people. Yeah. That was the day that we were supposed to go live talking about good news. Nice. Prior to him passing. Yeah. So I said, there's a sign we have to do something. So when I went back, I said, May May, let's talk about good news. We got to find some good news stories. So I Googled good news. And that's when I discovered Good News Network because it's the number one thing to pop up. I was like, Good News Network? And I started looking at this site and I started feeling better because I was so sick. I was feeling better by looking at these amazing stories from around the world of just good, good news. Bad news turned good is really what good news is, right? It's, 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 it's triumph. And I reached out to the woman who happened to be from Virginia where we, you know, where we grew up. And I said, I know you don't know me, but I, could I have admin access to your Facebook page so I can go live? She said, who are you? Uh, but I told her she trusted me. And so me and Mei, Mei just started going live, talking about good news with, from people around the world. And that led really to what we're doing today. I mean, we now we co-own the site. And um, we are really about trying to take this formula that I discovered for myself, which I you haven't heard. I wanted to actually share with you right now on the podcast. And when I did, I did one talk only at the LA Convention Center two years ago. He was in that room, the audience. Mm-hmm. Had a couple people say it changed their life. And then the people that were running it wanted to publish it. And I said, no, it's not the time. I didn't know if it was, I was fear, like maybe he wasn't ready. But I really just didn't feel. And now, after about a month ago, he said, this is the formula of all formulas. This is mm-hmm. the formula to help us stay accountable to all the other formulas. Right. SubhanAllah. And, and, and what's very important about that, for those who did see the Kelly Clarkson show, uh, Aaron said, that uh, she asked about how long we were together. And we was actually together two uh, two weeks at, at the most. We wrote each other for 17 years. So I'm known for Quranic formulas. I'm known for if you're a Christian, I go to the Torah, the Hebrew. Whatever your walk of life is, I'm going to draw out a formula for you to walk into your life. So 17 years, I was just writing Aaron. I was writing hundreds of people. So when Anthony gave me uh, the journal and good currency, this is what's going to help me stay accountable to me, stand on top of the formulas and my walk of life out here. So I coined it the formula of all formulas. You know, I think that just struck me now because I was thinking about Jesse, what Jesse said earlier, because we have Brother Jesse here. Mm. And it seems to me <laughs> that that you know, these these righteous people 
from all these different places that where you were visiting, making dua for, you know, praying for for this brother to get out of prison. <laughs> you know, I think... Uh, <laughs> oh, shake uh, the brother Jesse said. And uh, there were some very, I guess, influential people that uh, spoke to the governor about my freedom. And Jesse said, uh, with excitement, he said, brother, you can put them all on a platter and offer to go see Imam Hamza Yusuf or go see all them because he knew that this was the moment that it came together for us. Not only for our brother Salam, who loves you dearly, but for brother Jesse, who's gone all over the world and pray for me to get out and give me khutbahs and masjid for me to get out and then for me to be out here. And for you to come pick us up. And I told the brothers, like, man, he wasn't even driving the car. He was talking, looking backwards, not even holding the, the, the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, you know, all that means uh, uh, a lot. You notice I was crying. The, we the ended up way. in San Francisco because I took it. <laughs> so, Wrong turn. Yeah. We had to go over the bridge, come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, yes, alhamdulillah, this is just more than us meeting here to, you know, to go take our relationship with Allah and his messenger yeah. wasalam, to a professional level. Yeah. As we said, like our brother Aaron right here, Sarah Horon said, uh, captioning light and, share, and sharing light. Mm. Uh, but this is the cotton. You know, this is the seal. You know, people, like I feel right now, the, the one of the things that Iblis, who, mm. however you define that word, you know, mm. there's a lot of people that just, you know, unfortunately, they, they, they almost have a cartoon uh, understanding, but whatever that force is that's working in the world, which is dark and demonic, the thing that that force thrives on more than anything else is is despair, because there are forces at war with our species for whatever reason. They just they hate us and they're at war with us. Mm. And this is something that all the religions know. This isn't just Islam. All the religions know that this force is real yes. in the world. And they thrive on negativity. They love it. And they want to make people feel horrible mm -hmm. about themselves, mm -hmm. about the world. And so young people, all this despair, all of this, you know, uh, negativity that is out there. And then we have, I mean, our Prophet was a, he's called the smiling one. Like he, that's one of his names, Al-Dahak, you know, like. He's, he was a joyful person and nobody had greater tribulation than he mm. did. But you, and that's what really struck me, what you said it just about you're smiling in this horrific, and I mean, so many people could spend those 28 years that you spent in, in, in that hellhole filled with just rage mm. and just eaten up inside, but you were able to transform that and for me, if you could do that in Calipat, you know, my, my wife's from that area, and the people down there say that they, they can't go to hell because they've been in hell, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it's so unbearably hot, you know, and, and you mm. know better than anybody. So, so I, I just, it, if you could do that in that little prison cell, and as the song in Hurricane says, where they try to turn a man into a mouse, you yeah. know, it's just... It's 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 a it's a difficult place. Like Reuben Hurricane Carr is another 
example of just somebody who right. who was transformative you know he was somebody who was able to 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 really uh, make it transform so i just feel like your message that's why i like i said i use uh, this is the first time i've done this but i really felt like the, the message you have is and and anthony supporting you and 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 michael and jesse and all, all these amazing people and so i feel like uh this is the beginning of something really powerful inshallah you know that i i feel like and we know our brother yusuf wiley is another person down there who's doing that good work um you know yusuf and i were in in uh correspondence for a long time and kept in touch over time he's somebody else there's another um a really impressive person i know on the east coast who's now in egypt studying um on cue yeah yeah, Akil, Akil, yeah, it's an amazing man. So there's all these people that just, you know, these these uh, these people that have these uplifting stories against incredible difficulties, mm. and then you see all these people that really have so much going for them, and they're miserable, <laughs> and it's just it's like they're complaining, and they're, you know, I, one of the things that really troubles me about this generation is the the sense of entitlement you know mm. just this idea that you know i'm owed this like we are not owed anything we owe just right. to be alive we owe gratitude mm. to our creator we mm. owe patience in the tribulations that we have these are the, those are the debts that we have but this idea somehow that we're owed anything th- that just i think a lot of people would do well to dispel that from their minds and life will become a much easier journey. I agree. I agree. And if you give them the, uh, you know, I've gone to expensive retreats that, you know, I've been invited to ones that are $40,000 for a week. I've been to, I don't want to name different retreats, but, you know, very, people pay a lot of money to go to these different uh, seminars and retreats. And in that moment, in those three to four days, seven days, you're, you're, you're in a cocoon. You're in this high. Right? You feel life is great. You have all the, the tactics and the, the things to do or the books and the DVDs or whatever you're going to. Uh... And then when you get home, some of them, maybe you can that high could last a few days, maybe if you're lucky a week. Uh, but really, it kind of goes down again. Right. Because and that's why you have to go to another seminar. Right. Because there, there's you can listen to all the inspirational stories you want. And again, in that moment, I mean, that's why I love this Dean so much about the five prayers, because. There's no, there's no way you can stay high that long, right? You have to keep reconnecting, reconnecting, reconnecting. Right. And so listening to an inspirational story to make you feel good is important. But then what formula are you using to make sure that you can apply that to your life in right. a way? And that's really, I think, the key to what I was searching for because I couldn't find that formula. I was yeah. trying to hold myself accountable in a way. Um, and, and, and going back to the basics, uh, because the other thing that we, three of us or five of us had discussed today also is Truth, uh, one of our, our good friends at Reach TV talks about the truth and positivity go hand in hand. Truth without positivity is despair because sometimes truth is really rough, right? If we talk about how bad the generation is, how bad, you know, the environment is, how bad, you know, it's going to be, all the negativity, it, even if we think we're doing good by telling the truth, what we don't realize is that the cortisol levels in our body is spiking, which then causes inflammation and leads to heart disease and lung disease and Crohn's and all these other stuff. So we, this, this, this beautiful thing about this, the, the, this faith is, and, and, and going back to just the basics to teach anybody, whether, whether, regardless of their faith, is when you have hope and you're positive in your truth, 
then you allow yourself to feel you can breathe. You know, okay, you know, God has my back. There's a plan to all this. Right. If I stay in just the truth that's negative, I'm just feeding the problem. As a matter of fact, that evil force you keep talking about, you know, they love that. They love when the righteous are focused on the negative truths. You know, Islam is everyone hates Muslims or this or that. Yeah. They love that talk because yeah. it fuels us. And what they don't, we don't realize is that it's killing us inside. Right. But Subhanallah, what, but what he's taught me with this, that he was a walking transferable skill on. Right. Yes, you have to have truth. Yes, you have to stand up for yourself. Yes, you have to be willing to make changes and sacrifice. But you have to do it with a smile and hope and trusting in God. So that's, I think, and I realize that everyone we talk to, every time we're around anybody, they they they, they gravitate towards that mm. because they themselves, if they, even if they have the hundred foot, fifty foot yacht, right. they have their own problems, their own insecurities, their own debts or whatever, you know. And so, Sopala, that's what I love about what we're working on, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever, whether it's in media or products or whatever we're doing, we're trying to be able to help people get back to the fundamentals of, 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 of what helped him thrive right. in the worst in situation. In the worst situation, yeah. That's yeah. one thing I, I do appreciate about you, believe uh, Hamza. You've had a scientific approach. You know, I'm in the science, I'm in the philosophy very deeply. It was my means of escape. And once they sentenced us to mass incarceration, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people in California, uh, the whole science was there was a lack of neuroplasticity. They're saying that our brains was fixed right. or static, was in a certain place. Right. Negativity actually keeps you in the in reptilian place, cortex. Yeah, yeah. The prefrontal lobe, which is the imam of the brain, right. is only given light through truth and positivity, yeah. love. Then yeah. you can transform. So these are the kind of truths that Allah gave me that I can actually help people rewire their brains. Right. You know, through not only certain truths, but being positive. Uh, a lot of these men never had... Uh, Men that love them, a father to say, right. I love you. My yeah. father used to tell me all the time, kiss me on my cheeks and forehead. So this was this approach that opened up uh, men to not only uh, relationships, positive relationships, right. but ultimately to Allah and his Rasul, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because people are going to ask you, where are you getting this from? Why are you doing this? Oh, since you asked, Allah and his messenger taught me this right here. And then you give them the stories and then they already know it works because they've seen it work. So when you was using the scientific approach of uh, the reptilian cortex and how we stay in this flight to frighten with you. Yeah, started. I didn't, you know, I didn't finish that when I was saying, because when I gave that khutbah, I talked about I, this young brother came up to me afterward and he said, he said, you don't know how many people in this place are in that R brain. <laughs> he said, I see it. He said, they're just, he said, they're like cobras waiting to just, that's, that was his response, you know, right, to that. Right, yeah. Right. I was thinking about what you were saying, uh, Anthony, about, you know, there's a beautiful saying of the Prophet uh, Isa, Jesus, in our tradition, where he was walking with the disciples and they saw this carcass, rotting carcass. And, and they, you know, they said how foul it smells. And, and Jesus said, but look how white its teeth are. And in the commentaries, they just say that he chose to see the beauty of that, of that foul thing. Mm-hmm. And and the Arabs say, uh, every vessel can only pour forth what it has, mm-hmm. and and um, that's why the Prophet said him, even when people attacked him and said horrible things, he would always just reply in a beautiful, you know, 
respond in a beautiful way to negativity and that and it cancels it out yes it cancels it out and and that's another thing is that in our tradition you know when you when you light the candle in a in a pitch black room what it shows you is that the darkness was nothing because you all you bring the light in and suddenly it's all light so that means that the darkness wasn't there in the first place it's, it was just the absence of light so all of this negativity out there is actually it's nothing it's the absence of light you know and, and so we were you know minara in arabic which is what minaret in english minara means the lighthouse and and I I was I, I saw this incredible Quran teacher the other day, Dr. Taha Abdul Jabir, and a lot of people don't know this, but the traditional maqamat of of you know these are musical maqams are taught to the Quran, the reciters. So the real great reciters learn the how to recite based on musical notation. It's not music, and they make it very clear that this is the book of Allah, and we don't taint it with with music, but they learn. And so one of the maqams he was reciting was the maqam, it's called maqam rast. And maqam rast is, it's in the key of C, it's do, you know, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, which is from the Muslims, by the way. Dora al mufassal That whole notation system was taken from the Muslims. So it went into Italy in the 17th century, and that's, but it, it was from the Muslims. It was dal, ra, Sad. That's where it came from. So, so he was teaching this young student and explaining Maqam Rast. And he said, in the Adhan, when most of the Mu'addinun, they do in the Adhan the Maqam of Rast, which is this joyful Maqam. So it's, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And it's, it's, it's a very uplifting. And he said, the reason they use the Maqam of Rast is because wouldn't you be overjoyed if you were invited to the king's palace for a banquet? And he said, this is the Lord of the worlds. How much greater is that joy of being invited to the house? So that minaret is the lighthouse. It's the light that's being emanated out, calling, come to prayer, come to success. You know, rejoice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the Imam of Zayi says. Good news, O Ummah of the Prophet. You have a pillar that can never be destroyed. Mm-hmm. In the Prophet mm-hmm. you know, when he called us, you know, the, the best of creation, you became the best of the Ummah. So, you know, this is, alhamdulillah, it's a great blessing to to just be with you, hear your story. Mm-hmm. I wanted just to share the story with some of the people that listen to me. And, uh, you know, Salam, may Allah bless him. You know, may Allah bless him. Um, I, I have very fond memories uh, of that time. And, and part of what's happening now is just reconnecting with that, you know, because I've been feeling it a lot. Uh, just thinking about the weakest among us, like the the Prophet Sallallahu he said, Inma You are given victory or or help from god to the degree with which you you take care of the weakest amongst you and there's something that the the christians call the seven corporal acts of mercy and one of them is visiting the prisoners you know that it, 
and that's in our tradition you know the, the 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 idea of just visiting the prisoners you know that these are forgotten people and some of them like yourself were not there justifiably were there wrongfully and to, and to have 28 years of your life not taken away from you, that you did not mm. allow them that's to take right. it away from you. And I think that's the key. That's but for right. a lot of people, unfortunately, they do have it taken away from them and, and a lot of other things. But you were able to do that, and, and the story is so inspirational. And I just I hope more people uh, you know, can benefit from the mm-hmm. wisdom that you've gained. Uh, I mean, I can feel it. I feel the power. Harun can feel mm. it. Uh, Anthony, mm-hmm. I think, got it right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, may Allah increase you and elevate you and, and, and just give you lots of openings. And, and our dear brother Jesse here also and the work that the Samadani brothers are doing. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, people say it's so depressing. I said, this is so beyond depressing. Like, it's self-indulgent to be mm. depressed. <laughs> like we, you know, one of my, my father's teachers who was really, I think, a, a, a pretty remarkable philosopher, but he, one of the things that he said, which I, I thought was so profound, um, somebody asked him, can a, can a man be happy in spite of the world, like all these horrors in the world? Can, can a man be happy knowing what's going on in the world? And he said, absolutely, a truly happy man is happy with full knowledge of what the world is. And he said, and partly why he's happy is he recognizes it's an obligation to be happy. Because he said part of the reason why the world is is so miserable is there's so many unhappy people in it. And so we have an obligation. The Quran says, you know, let them rejoice in this. You know, let them rejoice yes. in this, yes. that you are a creation of God. Yes. You're a miracle. You're sitting here. You're a miracle. Uh, all of us, Allah has made, you know, they, they, Allah doesn't create trash. We make trash of mm. what he's made, but he doesn't make trash. You know, so... You know, it's it's a great blessing, and uh, I'll I'll leave the last word. Oh, with alhamdulillah, you. alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Uh, we thank Allah Taala and His Rasul for uh, showing us your hospitality and for uh, you know coming and uh, accepting us here, and for your wife and the beautiful food and sandwiches and tea. It's nothing in <laughs> the soup. It's it's nothing to take lightly for. Our brother Harun to come on a heartbeat yeah. uh, to come uh, for our brother Tajuddin who's coming to pick us up to take us to the airport. Uh, just humbling and thank you. Uh, people ask me, did you know you was going to be here? I said, absolutely, because I called Allah on his promise. He says during every Ramadan, I got you, but are you going to answer me when I call upon you? And uh, the calling is what you're calling us to. The calling is what we're calling each other to. And so, Jazakallah uh, Khair, thank you, Shukran, and any other uh, thanks, whatever the case might be. We love you and we thank you. Alhamdulillah. The last thing I'll say is, subhanAllah, this is, this is a day that we, inshallah, will remember for the rest of our lives. This is the day that when we set out to come here on the airport, we knew it was going to be transformative. We knew. We knew. We said, let's overly communicate our feelings with Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. He deserves that, to know what role he's played 
in our lives without knowing. But ultimately to say, hey, at the end of the day, anybody listen, you want to work with people that you can be the answer to their prayer. That's the best kind of, whether it's in business, marriage, whatever it is, you want to be the answer to someone's prayer. And I said, when we come up here, we want to make sure that God willing, inshallah, we can be the answer to even Hamza, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf's prayer. What is he trying to, can we help elevate something he's looking to do? That's why you called me in the first place, to help to, as a sign, divine intervention, and knowing that. And that's, that's the intention for today, is to make sure that we stick with that, so that inshallah, you know, one day when we're, our movies are being played, mm. we subhanAllah look at this scene with such loving moments. Inshallah. And don't want Allah to edit any of that. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. And then maybe Allah, maybe this moment right now could be the moment in which Inshallah. we get rewarded for Allah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum.